Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, Jared Tang, get uh, from Gaggle Social, and his mantra today is all about revolutionizing technology hiring. So I love entrepreneurs and guests that come onto the show that talk about technology updates and how it incorporates with recruitment hiring trends, workforce. We're going to talk about different trends, digital marketing, and it's going to be a fantastic conversation. So, Jared, welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. I'll kind of talk about your backstory and how you got started, and we'll delve right into it. Sure, sure. So, uh, like I mentioned before, my name is Jared. I'm from New York. I'm CEO and co-founder of Gaggle Social. Gaggle Social is the freemium suite of networking and hiring solutions uh, designed to help business leaders, IT, HR professionals, uh, streamline their tech hiring process uh, for a lot less and a lot a lot more uh, focused around trying to to build out your your talent pool, right? So I got into that actually working in technology recruitment uh, a couple of years back, and I found a love for helping people identify the right fit, uh, streamline some of their processing in, in general. But then I realized that there was a very heavy expense that came with working with recruiters. So I set myself on a mission to help businesses save money. Uh, and, and eliminate some of this processing so that way it's not such a big heavy lift and you don't need specialists to work in your organization in order for you to, to hire the right tech talent. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, we'll dive right into it because I love talking to people on the cutting edge. So kind of talk about, um, I, I'm always interested in hearing trends. So what is hiring trend and what are for workforce trends? Uh, you know, I'm really excited to hear about this aspect. Sure, sure. So we're we talking about ones that are, you know, we're currently seeing right now, or what are the difference between the two spaces? Well, uh, what what trends are you seeing in hiring? You know, what trends are you seeing in the workforce? Right, um, right. right. Of course. So you know that there's there's a ton of trends that are happening right now, and, and right now, I guess we you know we're we're meeting in the end of October, right? So what we're seeing right now is a is a move from the. Uh, the big October frenzy that you see, right? Uh, and there's going to be, you know, intermittent hiring in between this until the beginning of Q1. But realistic, what that really looks like is that technology uh, jobs are going to start to slow down just a little bit, right? And that's because people are going to start going on vacation. There's going to be already hidden budgets and whatnot, right? But on a global scale, one of the bigger problems that people are facing is a consistent, I guess, schedule of layoffs that are happening across very large corporations to very small organizations. And, and that's really taking apart, uh, that's really because of people taking apart some of the uh, the focus on trying to improve operations, overstaffing, sometimes even understaffing and not being able to hit some of those margins and then having to reduce your staff even more, right? So, you know, that that is a very large frenzy of time that we're seeing. And then on top of that, we're also seeing a little bit of uh, an interesting shift where the candidates are, are really the king now of the market. Right, they're deciding what they want to do, who, where they want to go, uh, and and they're they're okay with being without work for a little bit. And obviously, there's that frustration, that fear, that oh, I don't have a job, what's going to happen? But people are taking that leap of faith. 
people are going ahead and they're saying, you know, this is not right for me. I don't like working at this organization. I don't like the way they treat me or I don't like what I'm getting paid. So I'm going to play hardball and I'm going to stick to my guns. If I tell them I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave. And they do. And then they're up looking for jobs. And you know what? It's a market where there are so many opportunities out there. And for the right people, the right fit, it'll be fairly, fairly easy to find jobs. And then on the other side, for people who are having a little bit of a tougher time, you know, that's what platforms like myself are for. Those really high level professionals that, you know, need to find opportunities and uh, those those very high level um, and, and high popular jobs, highly popular jobs like Salesforce admins or developers that are sometimes getting 400 to 500 applications a process, right? So we're seeing a very interesting conundrum and shift in the paradigm. Yeah, it's quite interesting. And, you know, I wrote a blog post about this, how the internet unlocked, you know, billions of value. And, you know, you had all these like social media platforms allowing people to highlight, showcase their talent, their brands, you know, Fiverr, Upwork, you know, it can be a social media thought leadership. Um, you know, you can create a blog, a lot of different ways to generate revenue now. And, you know, now, now when I speak to colleges, you know, I, a lot of them, I'm like, are, are you going to be an entrepreneur? Are you going to work for a company? You know, because that, that idea of starting a company is now a reality for a lot of people. Sure. Uh, it's not just, you know, just tied to a few. It's, you know, a lot of people are considering just creating their own culture and they don't, like you said, they don't want to work for somebody that like they, they don't resonate with and just for the paycheck. So, uh, which brings us to this uh, next question is, um, you also talk about, um, how technology hiring is evolving. I'm, I'm really curious about that. Yeah. So you know what? At, at the, that starts at the root of the technologies themselves advancing, right? Every day we're finding new advancements for technologies like Salesforce, Oracle, SAP, AWS, and they're constantly competing with each other to offer the best best possible solutions for the best for all the problems that we face every day, right? And you know, with that being said, that makes the hiring process more complex, right? Because there's more to consider. And it's always been difficult to hire for enterprise software. But the truth is that enterprise software hiring is too complex for the one size fits all approach that LinkedIn, Indeed, they all they all kind of offer is that. And that's because they can't get focused enough into the legitimate need and requirement that is focused, right? And at the end of the day, uh, what that really looks like is is inundations of um, people who are really just looking for jobs, right? I really need a job. I'm going to apply to anything that seems like a good fit for me. I'm going to put my resume out there and hope for the best. I'm mean, not really reading the resume. I'm sorry, the requirements as often. And sometimes what's happening is that, you know, you're getting 400, like I said, 400, 500 applications in a process. And what that's going to do is that gonna, that's going to take smaller hiring teams or even larger hiring teams a long time to go through. And it's going to be a barrier for them, a, a bottleneck for them to kind of work around. And the way we're revolutionizing that is we're actually um, we're actually helping businesses uh, make 85% more manageable shortlists through skills-based matchmaking, right? So you go ahead and try to apply to your job. Uh, someone tries to go ahead and try to apply to your job. What they end up finding is that if they don't have the proper skills uh, in their skills matrix, which... Uh, is, a, is a big feature of ours, uh, they won't be able to apply to the role effectively unless they go ahead and they edit or change that publicly available document, right? And realistically speaking, that skills matrix also helps shorten the skills evaluation time by up to 73.2% faster than our competitors as well. So we're seeing faster evaluation of skills. And then we're seeing shorter, more manageable shortlists because what we're basically saying is that, hey, listen, this is an uphill battle for you to take anyway. Don't waste your time applying for the role. It's not going to be a good fit. But if it is a good fit, go ahead and edit, 
go jump into that shortlist and see what you can do. And you know that's that's a big piece to the puzzle here, and that's helping businesses save up to thirty percent or so on, on their entire hiring process, which in turn, you know, time is money. So that saves them even more money on top of that. So you know we're we're really working uh, very hard to ensure that we're able to kind of hit it from both angles, so that we can kind of make it so that way it almost acts as a funnel, right? Where you know we're able to get away from some of the the pre vetting and the pre screening early on for you. And then we can actually make that review process even simpler again. And then on top of that, you walk away with instead of 400, you're going to walk away with maybe 40 to 50 high quality applicants that are, are actually right for your role. Right. And, and on top of that, you know, we also offer an array of different free uh, posting options as well as anti-biased uh, talent management. So that way, you know, EOE employment's easier. Uh, and on top of that, it also saves you money on top, uh, as well, right? Because you're only, through that anti-bias talent management, you're only going to uh, pay for applicants at a lower rate. We're looking at anywhere between $1 and $6 uh, to unlock those candidates and, and kind of remove that bias, right? You're not going to worry about their culture, their race, their gender. There's no there's no you know subconscious issues that you may have to worry about where you, know, you may not even be aware that you have some of these biases. But you may be overlooking candidates to things that you're just not sure about. So on top of that, you're only paying for what you want to see, right? And we've seen that, you know, hiring processes through us are taking anywhere between $6, you know, all the way up to about, you know, $40, which is still significantly less than the average hiring process in general. Yeah, yeah, really. Um, and then the next question is, um, you know, this idea of um, – uh, the use of I would or this conversation would be a miss without mentioning AI and how uh, companies are using AI to hire um, either profiles or you know um, you know personality tests uh, you know kind of screening through resumes application. What are you seeing there, and how is Gaggle using AI? Absolutely, absolutely. So what we're seeing there is that AI has evolved dr drastically, right? Uh, and at the end of the day. ATS systems were always kind of using a form of machine learning or, or AI uh, in, in their processing, which would pretty much allow you to operative keywords, right? And those keywords uh, would basically go ahead and say, you know, this is what you're looking for, right? And then this is what this applicant has keywords here. So if you're missing that, a lot of times candidates will be overlooked. And that's a bit of an issue, right? Because you have really high quality candidates who just may have not written, you know, something like NetSuite Advanced Financials in their resume, but you overlook them and they're now going to be put into the do not look at pile. You know, they've already been pre-vetted for you, but but they're missing uh, a very key component to the fact is that they actually do have that skill, right? What we're seeing from AI now is that it's becoming more powerful. That's getting a little bit more inferred. They're able to collect data off of these uh, databases and then pretty much condense that into its own small like micro cloud, I guess you can call it in some fashion and say, you know, this is what we're expecting somebody to have these are the keywords and then the ai will match secondary keywords related to that and then be able to provide you with that information quickly right so it's it's, it's awesome it's it's really it's really interesting concepting and we're seeing the ats systems evolve every every day in the hris systems what we're doing is that we're looking to uh we're implementing ai right now actually and we're looking to actually emulate that processing so that the companies who don't have access to ats systems or maybe smaller businesses can actually use gaggle social as a pseudo ats system Right, and be able to operate in that same 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 build, and then also being able to create AI around, you know, uh, building your profile up easier, looking things up faster, uh, and, and really streamlining the entire process. So that way, we're not kind of focusing on it like the way it used to be, right? Has historically been with 
social media platforms, which is keep your eyes here for as long as possible. Our goal is to get you in and out, right? At the end of the day, we want you to use our platform to learn from others, right? And the social aspect and get tips and tricks from other people who are looking to uh, help you with your, your, your job search goals or your hiring goals. And, and then once you've fulfilled that need, you go help others, right? Not you stick around to kind of look at it like professional Facebook or something like that after <laughs> You know, we're not, you're not here to advertise, you know, uh, absolutely everything that comes onto the platform in front of your face. We want you to come in, find what you're looking for, and help others at the same time. And that is your intrinsic reward, is being fulfilling the help for other people. Yeah. Yeah. The other question is, um, you know, talking about, because, you know, in the past when you were hiring, is like uh, everybody was talking about fit, fit, you know, get the right fit. But then you had, you could people could like slide under the door, you know, kind of like, you know, have, you know, double face. And so when you talk about selection errors, you know, what are they and how do they pose threats to your business? Sure. Sure. So selection errors are very serious. Selection errors are, uh, in definition, they are pretty much somebody who looked like, like you just had a good fit, but ended up not being quite exactly that. And that poses a huge threat to a business in that you're going to spend resources and time and, and as well as, as, as money, hiring this person, going through the entire hiring process, reviewing every applicant, having interviews, they squeak through and they make it in. And then you find out from the very beginning that they actually never had any of the skills that they had kind of portrayed that they did, right? And in many cases, that has a lot to do with dishonesty. But what's going to happen is you're not going to catch on to that probably for about a month, sometimes two months afterwards. And what that really, really looks like, and, and the hardest part about that is that not only did you spend all that time and money and effort, but now you spent time and money and effort training them. Then you got them acclimated to other people. So the people got used to them. So now you've created a bit of a culture change as well because you introduce something new. People start to change. People start to adapt to the environment. So you're on multiple levels. You've actually hurt your business uh, drastically. And then on top of that, now you've got to hire somebody else who who filled that who could fill that role effectively, right? You can't call the company. I'm sorry, the candidates that you uh, that you pretty much just recently said a rejection letter to, unfortunately, because they're going to be like, well, what am I a second choice? So we're not going to be because candidates right now are king, like I said, right? But what you end up, uh, you know, end up risking at the end of the day is is, is a is a is a is a hit to your culture, hit to your pocket, hit to your time, and hit your deadlines. Mm, yeah, I was I was reading somewhere like every wrong hire is like a million dollar mistake, just yeah. kind of in terms of time, productivity, uh, morale as well. Uh, you know, the wrong hire can really mess things up and what's really interesting is this idea okay basically even after covid restrictions have been lifted um how is covid still affecting the workplace or so you know with covid restrictions being lifted and no longer needing masks what what i've really seen the biggest hit on is uh people having to return now to the office Right. And and with that return back to the office, people got used to you know, being from home and having that luxury of saying, you know, during lunchtime, I'm going to go pick up my uh, my groceries or, you know, during uh, I don't have to worry about cramming all of my all of my chores or tasks into uh, a Sunday. I can do it throughout the week. So when you get them back into the office now, realistically, <laughs> what you're going to face is you're going to face a lot of rebellion there. And also some businesses are also using that return to the office is a way to actually weed out some of their employees without having to do a massive layoff, right? It's, you know, come back to the office. And if you don't, then, you know, you've basically put in your two weeks for us and, and we'll get you acclimated and we'll hire somebody else after that. Or, you know, we found that 
you know, a large part of, of our staff doesn't need to come back in general. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll instill this new clause to have to come into the office. A lot of people had moved, right? So now you gotta move back to the area. And now you got to come back, you know, so I had a, spoke to somebody not too long ago who went ahead and they, uh, not too long ago, I think it was actually last Thursday. They went ahead and they moved out to Seattle. Their, their company they were working at was in Pennsylvania. Uh, they had, you know, been able to work and they was like, hey, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll work on this, this mixed time schedule. And then they're told to come back to the office. Well, look, I sold my house, right? I bought, I bought a new house here. I have a new mortgage on this. I can't just pick up and leave again. And they're like, sorry, looks like you can't work here anymore. <laughs> it's like, well, what do you mean? Well, effectively, they can do that. And that's 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 a fear. That's a big change that people had to adapt to was going back into the office. And now every day they're happy. It's happening again. Another big change, too, is the uh, the social aspect. Right. Being in the office environment again is different because you spent a long time. Right. And people still act means that now we spent a long time being by yourself and having to, you know, only speak to people when you needed to for meetings, for conferences, and everything was virtual. And, and now you got to wear pants, and you got to go into the office, and you got to you got to you know meet new meet new people or communicate with people all over again like you thought you wouldn't have to. And it's also hitting technology folks very hard because even before COVID they had remote flexibility. Yeah. Now it's less and less and less. So there's just an array of of, of I guess you can say on site requirements that really has changed a lot of things, and it also affects the amount of money that you thought that you can accept in general for, for a role, right? Yeah. Because now you got to go pay for travel, pay for lunch, so on and so yeah. forth. And you didn't expect to have to ever budget for that ever again. So you're spending differently. So now you have to respend how you used to. You have to go refigure out all your budgeting, all of your life choices and decisions. Uh, and, and it becomes a really big, big pain. So people end up actually, one of the big reasons why people actually go ahead and they leave their roles and go find new ones and they take the chance and risk. Yeah. Yeah, and then really interesting. And then um, the next thing is talking about basically generational, um, the generational gap, and especially with technology, because you know the youngsters like millennial, and you know Gen Z, and they're they'll up and leave. You know if it doesn't resonate, they'll just you know up and leave. And you know they they're very savvy with technology, whereas the um, you know older generation they're kind of like oh you know stay here for 50 years uh, you know i gotta stick with one and then um you know they they're kind of um averse to technology so kind of talk about those two generational differences in the workplace because i know a lot of um you know the older generation they're um you know they're actually going back to work or they you know they yeah. so kind of talk about that yeah sure so the generational differences is definitely night and day right and at the end of the day it has nothing to do with someone's ability to catch on it has everything to do with someone's ability, someone's, someone's exposure to some of these things early on, right? I know different generations of, or, or, or older generations who are savvy with uh, with technology uh, and been able to adapt, but they were always ahead of the curve, right? They were always the ones who were like really excited about the next thing coming out, really excited about the new updates in, in this system or that system, right? And, and then when you kind of change that and you look at the paradigm, uh, of people now trying to understand it. It's almost like an uphill battle to understand the rules of what <laughs> technology really comes down to and, and trying to poke holes uh, and, and explore things without quite having enough time to explore because you do have a job to do, right? So there's a lot of different schools of thought that you should have. One sole person kind of be your, your systems administrator and learning and development person. Uh, and usually those people are the youngers, or young, younger generations, you know, the 
the millennials and the Gen Zs are, are, are very, very, very savvy when it comes to business softwares. Even the ones who aren't even quite in the workforce yet. I mean, there, there are people uh, in certain programs and, and, and franchises that actually will, will partner with uh, enterprise platforms, teach them how to use their point of sale systems and become their, their go-to admin or focus, right? Or your, your trainer there. Uh, but it's very different. And it, and it does cause a bit of an additional generational gap and it comes to communication between these two worlds because it's almost like I'm teaching you, right? And uh, I understand this as night and day. I know this is exactly what I'm supposed to do uh, as as a as a younger uh, generational person. And then go ahead and you speak to somebody a little bit older. You try to teach them how to use a software, and they're not getting it. And that <laughs> causes some friction. Usually, it causes you know I don't like the way that he spoke to me. I don't like the way that she spoke to me. I don't like the 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 train dynamic they have there. And and that in turn will, will also result in uh, resistance and adverse adoption efforts uh, of new technologies. And that creates a, a almost a division in some of your users or some of your, you could say, license holders or users of, of a software, but in the same vein, you know, of your team members. Because now it's like, you know, who thinks that somebody else thinks they're smarter? <laughs> you know, it, it becomes a very, very volatile system. So that's why it's very important that all systems admins know what it's like and know what to do when it comes to TG Mass adoption. Uh, one of our advisory board members, Janine, just actually was speaking at, I think it was Ford Dreamin, uh, and, and she spoke a lot, a lot about that on top of that, as well as uh, another one of our advisory board members knows a lot about that. His name's Eric Treshfield. So these are very, very high-level professionals who have great schools of thoughts and teaching people how to adopt softwares, how to understand them, uh, and, and, and even how to uh, make it fun to, to work with them, even if you're not familiar with them. Yeah. yeah, it's quite interesting because what you you know your response brings back because I was you know I did healthcare consulting for you know quite a while and then it's like there's like this you know especially with the electronic health records and you know like the younger generation like the younger like in their twenties and thirties they you know you just kind of you know you know once like they get it and they're and then kind of the older generation because they were so used to paper charts and handwriting and basically nurses knew what and then so they really struggled with the because i'm an ex-ennial so i kind of i can speak two different generational languages so you know you know i was able to help them but i, I could definitely see like their big generational differences in the workforce workplace you know etc so and then you know always i was always um forcing myself to learn technology because, you know, for example, like ChatGPT or AI, if, you know, if you don't learn that now, you are going to be SOL as yeah. a company. You know, that's why I was asking you AI because, you know, a lot of my guests I've asked about AI, they're like, oh, we don't use AI in our business. And so, you know, they're going to really struggle. Uh, it's interesting because it's going to touch everything, right? I mean, even the EHRS systems, like, you know, if you're talking about being in the medical field, I mean, Things like Epic are starting to figure out, you know, what do we need to do in order for us to put ChatGPT in our businesses, right? What can we do <laughs> to ensure that, you know, we can even streamline HIPAA compliance? Uh, <laughs> that's a crazy belief, right? AI kind of a technology coming in to saying, you know, hey, listen, we're governing your ability to to move documents from place to place and and so on and so forth, and we're gonna we're gonna cut down on our HIPAA compliance, really come down on you with, through AI. It's like, whoa, whoa, that was very very manual processing for a long time. Interesting. Yeah, I really enjoyed this conversation. How can people contact you, follow you on social, you know, check out the work that Gaggle Social is doing and reach out to you, et cetera? Absolutely. Absolutely. So you can reach me on LinkedIn. 
right? It's just uh, Jared Tang. And you can find me also, uh, on, sorry, you can find Gaggle Social on LinkedIn as well. And you can find Gaggle Social at www.gagglesocial.com, uh, where you can actually sign up for free and peruse our platform and learn a little bit more about what we've got built uh, what we're building in there. We're going to be actually launching some new innovations in the coming months as well. So very excited for everyone to see what we've got working on and what we're working on now. Yeah. And for all the audience out there listening, Jared, for coming on, really um, smart individual. And, um, you know, all of his resources will be in the links and show notes. Be sure to check him out. And uh, with that, thanks so much for coming out to the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Dr. Kurtz. Appreciate it. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you Wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next time.